0: See? I will rest. I will rest in your promises, my confidence.
1: Down and morning. I'll just put this right here. Good morning and welcome. My name is Bruce Neary. I'm going to start us off in, in, in worship this morning with a reading of a psalm. If you're following along, it's Psalm 103. And I'm just going to read that carefully. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in witness within me bless his holy name bless the lord on my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases he redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who satisfies you with good that your youth is renewed like the eagles Or repay us according to our inequities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us, thankfully. What a blessing. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. For man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field. For so the wind passes over it and is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant. And remember to do his commandments. The Lord established his throne in the heavens. And his kingdom rules over all, no matter what's happening down here. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his works. Bless, bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works. In His places of His dominion, bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. Oh. Amen. Beautiful. So, as we, I just want to welcome those who who may not know us, but here we are at Trinity Bible Church. And I can guarantee you that Trinity Bible Church, when we live in a world of bait and switch, you don't know what the truth is. Things like that. We here try to pre- we try to preach God's word as the truth. We try to do that. So you come here and you learn about where you came from, how this all came about, what's your destiny, what's your meaning, what's God's will for your life. We talk about all those things here at Trinity in His Word, prayed right from His Word. So let's begin to worship. <laughs>
0: Drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah's still and all of. So Resolve like snow The sun forbear to shine Read one another. speak with a silver tongue convince a crowd but don't have love I leave a bitter taste with every word I say so let my life be the proof Don't have love And who is poor It seems All the past power-
2: speech that sound the lord has broken our chains Uh trinity trinity right now i got you know a special guest she's not a special guest a sister in christ of us angela she's about to get the open door pregnancy okay
3: okay good morning Um, I just wanted to give you a few words about uh, what our next uh, mission outreach will be. Uh, We're not going to go anywhere in May, but what we're going to try and do is um, come alongside uh, the Open Door Pregnancy Center. I'll give you a little bit of a few tidbits. Um, They had opened their doors um, on Mother's Day back in 1985 and so they've been serving clients for 38 years they're in tom's river Um, they're right on lakehurst road Uh, it's kind of when you go past the hospital it's right along you know on that street where there's a lot of doctors offices and so forth so it's really nice location for them Um, they have redone this home Uh, where they have it's really set up really nice it's a real homey um, atmosphere so anybody that's frightened um, you know they have an unexpected pregnancy and so forth sounds um, they have parenting programs and then there's a lot of material assistance um, Uh, for uh, when they have the baby and beforehand, um, diapers, wipes, and things like that. And then they have an earn while you learn program, Uh, not earning money, but uh, if they go to these uh, variety of classes that are offered, they can get, they earn let's see they earn diaper and wipe vouchers that they can then use for um, maternity clothes, baby clothes, formula diapers, wipes, toiletries, and so forth. They have a really cute boutique um, they do accept donations of um, new and very gently used items for um, I guess maternity as well as for uh, infants and it's really set up nice they have it all the volunteers and there's just a few on staff but volunteers come and they set them all up by size and gender and so forth so I've been there for the um, they had like an orientation br- brunch and uh, and I've been a supporter of them for you know for many years so I'm really um, I'm really happy that we're gonna be able to uh, try and help out so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have what we call the baby bottle boomerang we're gonna show a, a quick video um, next week starting Mother's Day and going through to Father's Day um, I'll be at a table outside next week after church and if everyone would anyone or everyone would like to uh, take home one of these baby bottles Um, You can perhaps sacrifice uh, a latte, um, you know, a few times that week and put that money in here. Um, They they give you examples, sometimes they say uh, the cost of a daily latte or a fast food cheeseburger, one of those fancy bottled drinks or even bottled water these days, you know, even if you put even $2 a day in in one of these bottles, that would be like $60 by the end of the the time that we're going to hold out these bottles. $300 would cover one ultrasound appointment, Uh, $900 covers a complete parenting program for a new mom, and $1,200 saves a life all in total. So as a church, if we were able to say, come up with, you know, say, six, you know, $30 to $60 per person, per family, household, um, we could actually come up with like $1,800 and really, you know, just save a life. And really all we need to do is do it one at a time. So um, anyway, look forward to this. Watch the video. It's just a little promo to get you a little, you know, encouraged. And um, And I thank you for partnering with us so we can, you know, do this for missions.
4: all right can up oh, there we go well shalom to everybody most of you know me my name is scott schwartz i am a partner here with trinity uh work uh full-time for a ministry called life in messiah in messiah is the oldest ministry in north america and our heart is to share uh, god's heart with the jewish people and uh, i live here in the area and uh educating the church sharing the gospel uh with Jewish people um so many of you know who we are i have actually have an office uh down the hall i was away in brooklyn for the week and i actually peeked in okay everything's still there my li- my library is still uh intact so uh this is a second home for me i love pastor keith and claudia and the family here uh so filling in for keith uh julia his youngest daughter has graduated praise the lord all of the hard work all of those 10 to 12 page papers that i'm thankful i don't have to write in there away and enjoying time together with the family um so this morning i have the opportunity to share with you a message from god's word as you see there it's the place of god's word in our life as we go out and share the gospel with people that do not yet know him Um, it's uh, the parable of the sower and the seed so if you have your bible or your smartphone i'd love for you to follow along i'm going to be looking at the text from mark chapter 4 1 through 20 and then mark 26 through 29 is going to be our text this morning but i'd like to start out this morning with a little story for you and the story goes as follows i think it is a fascinating and inspiring story so date farming was the family family business and they had settled about 10 miles outside the city of jerusalem her ancestors worked this land for centuries and now finally it was paying off the beautiful date palms towering above giving significant shade for her weary head. Their honey-like fruit was a welcome refreshment for her tiresome work. She helped with every aspect of care for these sweet fruit givers. She helped her parents, digging the first fertilized hole for their new palms, watering every leafy fond and harvesting the ripe dates for sale. Her well-worn hands cradled one stray date. It tumbled from her hand into the basket, bringing, being prepared for Masada, the mountaintop fortress. Unbeknownst to this first century date farmer, the Roman army would invade in 70 CE. Jerusalem would be burned to the ground and the temple leveled. The wake of destruction would cripple the land of Israel. Agricultural would, agriculture would eventually die out, the date palm extinct. Masada would fall in a bloodbath three years later. I can imagine the journey this small date made from the Valley of the Palms to Masada, tumbling al- along en route to the top of this mountain citadel, tumbling along until it reached its destination. What is astonishing is the fact that this date pit would stay dormant for the next two thousand years. Kingdoms would rise and fall. It would remain hidden until this century. This morning we're gonna look back at God's word and evangelism. So turn with me in Mark chapter four. We're gonna look at this wonderful power parable that the Lord our Messiah and Savior has shared with us and it says this starting in verse 1 of Mark 4 her text reads as follows again he Jesus began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land and he was teaching them many things in parables And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed, thank God, fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear... Let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. He said to them, To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but to those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive. They may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. He's now going to unpack this for us. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises, notice, on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown on the thorns, among thorns. They are those who hear the word. But the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on good good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. So here's the scene. What do we see? We see here there is such a large crowd following Jesus. Why? Because he has healed the sick, he's raised the dead, he's healed lepers, he's brought the, the peace and message of the kingdom, and he's preaching God's word, the Torah, the Tanakh, with authority, and they're flocking. There are so many people wanting to hear his message that he actually gets into a boat and pushes out a little bit to sea. Now, all of us, we live near the beach, right? I have the privilege of living in Point Pleasant Beach. And when I need quiet, I take a walk up to the beach. And I get about a block away, and if it's pretty stormy, I call her her. I call the ocean she. I say she's talking to me. Because have you noticed when you go up, you can hear it, right? You can hear. I'm like, I get so excited. Like I love to watch waves. I'm like, oh, it's a good, it's a good swell. You hear, boom, Right? It's a natural amphitheater to get into a boat and push off, and the water is projecting Jesus's voice. This is the scene. It's church, right? It's synagogue time. He's using the boat as his pulpit. And he starts to teach, but not only does he teach, he's teaching in a parable, right? He's using a parable. Jesus, in his ministry, use many parables as he's taught the people and his disciples some of you might be asking i when i came to faith in yeshua i'm jewish i didn't know what a parable was we didn't talk about parables in our home so some of you might be asking what is a parable who would like to know the definition of a parable i certainly would here is a parable according to a Bible Dictionary. A parable, I love this, is a short discourse that conveys spiritual truth by making a vivid comparison. The truth to be taught is compared to something in nature or a common life experience. A parable draws its hearers to take part in the situation, evaluate it, and apply its truths. To themselves, And I love that. Over and over, you look at the Gospels and you see Jesus teach. And he teaches in such a manner that it's very descriptive, right? He talks about worrying. And what does he tell his disciples? He says, look. Look at the birds of the air, look at the fields, and he explains what they do. They don't worry, they're not like, oh, I need to produce fruit, and the birds aren't like, where's the food? It says that God provides food. They're not stressing out. We have a uh, drain uh, pipe that comes off, you know, a gutter, right? And it's amazing. We've been seeing a lot of morning doves, and they're beautiful. Like, you can't, if you're in a bad mood, good luck. Just go look at a morning dove, you'll be totally at peace right and i see it hanging on our wire i mean we have some like cable wires i know we have like 40 cables hanging from our house to the corner and it's a and he has a little piece of straw i'm like what's going i look around the other window he's building a little nest and god has provided everything for him he doesn't need to fret but god has provided everything he needs to build this home for his baby soon to come So we have many elements here in this parable of the seed and the sower. What are some things? We're going to look at this text here. What do we have? What is involved in this? Who are the players? What's involved? Well, we have a sower, we have seed, and we have four different fields or four different soils or four different heart conditions where the seed is sown we don't have to guess what this parable is about right remember the disciples came and they're like what does this mean what does this mean that you're you're yield you're hiding or shielding the truth from from people why is this in parables and he's going to share the secret of this parable with his disciples and we will see this in the second half of our text but we have as we said we have a sower we have seed and we have soils we are likened to sowers so we're all in the we're all in the farming business bruce is in the horticultural business right? he's going to correct me if i've got any of my fruits and vegetables wrong i'm sure but thank you praise the lord but we are all sowers and we have all been given seed because the bible will tell us that the seed is likened to the word of god And the fields or the soils are each different individual reaction to the seed being planted. So, starting in verse 14 of our text, Jesus unpacks the meaning. He goes on to explain each element for us. Verse 13 through 20, thank God he doesn't leave us in the dark. He's going to give us the interpretation of the parable. Aren't you glad? Sometimes God is silent, okay? it's it's very needful i think it's in our training where god is silent we don't feel him right we don't necessarily see him there's a time of waiting i used to think you know if we had a german shepherd and you throw the ball and then you do this and it's like i used to pray lord please don't hide the ball behind your back i want to see where you're throwing the ball i want to see what you're doing i want to see where you're going here he's going to tell us about the parable So first, he tells us that a sower goes out to sow seeds. So think about it. They have a little statue, They've got seed. They're walking along the field. This is before the days of John Deere, right? This is, we're very far from the days of agricultural Israel, and he's just scattering it, right? He's scattering it, and some of it's going to fall on the path. You've been on a, a path before, and it's solid, right? The seed's not penetrating, Sometimes it's sown on rocky soil. In Israel, it's very, very rocky. Do a picture of a sheep and a shepherd in the fields in Israel, and I bet you money that you'll see some big limestone rocks protruding from the soil. And next, it was thrown among thorns, right? Where there wasn't a lot of healthy soil and the seed was choked out. And then finally, good news, the seed was sown on good soil healthy cultivated soil where it could actually bud and prosper so as i said much of the narrative in jesus day was set to a backdrop of an agricultural society we know that the sower is a farmer who's planting crop he has his seed in his hand and goes forth scattering seed god here is using an earthly illustration right to tell us spiritual truths he's going to give us this illustration to see about a sower and seed and crops growing and he's going to teach us heavenly truths about that what are we to learn from this earthly illustration so god has called all of us to do the work of evangelism where are we fit where do we fit in this story we as i said we are sowers god has given us his seed how do i know where to do the work of evangelism because god's word encourages us to do so paul encouraged timothy but you be sober in all things endure hardship listen evangelism is hard okay i've done a spiritual giftings test, and I usually score high in evangelism because I'm an extrovert, right? Mark 16, 15, we're going to look at this in a second. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I was about three months saved. I got gotten a job in a warehouse. Behind the warehouse was a lake. I'd go out on my break or my lunch, and I'd be eating lunch, and there was a bunch of... Repent! Quack if you want to receive Jesus. They're quacking. I'm like, yes, it's working. (laughs) And then I'm reading, they should be baptized. There's water. What permits, permits you to get, you know, and they all you know it's my first ever altar call. <laughs> but endure hardships. Evangelism is not easy, right? Isn't it? Evangelism is not easy. But it says, do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry. And the same, as I mentioned, John, uh, Mark 16, 15, he says... Go into all the world and what? Preach the gospel to all creation. Geese included. Joking. So what is required when we evangelize or share our faith? I'm glad you asked. Three things. If you're taking notes, you want to write these three things down. First, we have to have faith. It takes faith when you evangelize when you are planting your garden we used to live in vermont and it it winters forever it fights you it stays and planting wasn't until memorial day what a bummer right very short growing season but when you're planting those tomatoes or the seeds of your zucchini you're planting in faith right because you have not yet seen anything it takes faith second we need to be faithful we need to continue to evangelize, continue to seek for opportunities to share the gospel. And third, I love this, this takes all the pressure off us. Once the seed is sown, we are to entrust the ro- results to God. We are to tr- entrust the results to God. So we need to be faith, we need to have faith, we need to be faithful, and we need to entrust the results to god as i said evangelism can be a challenging thing even for the most skilled evangelism it's important for us to know the different variables at play trinity when we are sharing god's word we see three things in this text that play a part of what's going on what's the landscape right what's happening well we see that we are sowing God's word into people's hearts. So the fields here in the text are likened to the condition of people's hearts. But we have something pushing against us. What do we have? We have birds. The Bible tells us here that there are birds. And what do birds love to do? They love to steal seed, right? It's like two steps forward, one step back if you're scattering seed the last thing you want is for a bird to swoop down and steal your seed here jesus is teaching us that when you share the word of god with others there is a reality of this happening i've been in brooklyn all right and i'm going to give you an example what it's like i've been in brooklyn and i'm just going to go down on the we're now at the train station at 16th and Kings Highway. Hi, how are you? And they they take it, and they look at it. This is Isaiah 53, and they're like, oy vey. And here's the trash can, and it goes right in the trash can. All right, there it goes. The bird took it, Satan, and he's like, boom, in the trash, right? Never to be read again, right? But the good thing about it is the Word of God was heard. Even if you read one paragraph or one verse on this track, he heard the word of God. We're going to see that, that every person on every soil has heard the word of God. Amen? It's so encouraging. So, he is teaching us of the reality. In Life of Messiah, my mentor always says, you have to define reality. You have to define reality. It's very important. That we know what's at stake. What is the reality of what we are doing? Jesus tells us that the birds in this parable represent the enemy, Satan. Satan comes to steal the seed. He is likened to a thief who comes to rob, kill, and destroy. So that's one aspect. Second... We have four different soils here, right? There are four different soils. What do they mean? I'm glad you asked. The four soils or the four hearts, the four conditions are, one, the path, second, the rocky ground, third, the field with thorns, and fourth, good soil. So the path. All right, what is the path? We'll look at it just real, real briefly. The path is hard ground, okay? Okay ground that has not been cultivated. There's no place for the seed to enter the soil because the ground is hard. I was chatting with uh, Bruce this morning and he was talking about the amazing DNA of a seed. And he informed me, I heard the news of all of the rain, right, in California. I have not seen this, but I'm gonna Google these pictures so I'd love to see it. For years, these fields were just desert because it doesn't really rain. Right? 70 years, no one has seen anything but just barren fields and all of this rain, right? Flooding, rain, rain, lots of snow. And now, for the first time in 70 years, there's wildflowers. And it's quoted people have said, I've never, people that are 70 years old have never seen this wildflower ever in my life. There's a dormant seed for 70 years. All it takes is what? Water. Boom. And there's life there can be the gospel that you have shared with people and it's dormant it's dormant it's dormant it's dormant and then all of a sudden boom right for me who remembers being a rebellious teenager everyone's right never been rebellious right but you've been a rebellious teenager and i don't know about you but mom is lecturing you right and you're out to lunch you're like here's the question you ask when are you gonna be quiet so I can go do whatever. I see it in my son's face. Micah? Yes, Dad. Pause the Madden football on Xbox. And, I'm, you know, you didn't put your shoes where they need to be. And, he, and I'm lecturing on the lunch. But the soil here on the path seems to be very hard. It appears that the seed has no chance to even germinate. So it's taken up by the birds and stolen away. There are people in your life that might have this kind of heart, right? Again, Jesus says that the birds of the air are Satan who steals the seed away. Second, rocky ground. Israel is known to have very rocky soil, as I mentioned. The field had soil but did not have enough depth. Because of the rocks to produce root, right? It didn't have what it needed. There was not enough soil, and it did not have the proper conditions. Therefore, it could not take root. And because of it not being able to take root, it says when tribulation and persecution comes on account of the word, there's not enough root to steady it and the plant withers away. The tribulations of life shake the individual's faith, and they fall away or wither away. It takes a root to stand when tragedy strikes, right? My mentor also says, it's going to get harder, but it's going to get better. And it's going to get harder, but it's going to get better. And sometimes I say, if you say that to me again, it's going to get harder for you because I'm going to hang up the phone. But it's going to get harder. We want the true gospel, right? In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And actually, before that text, he says, Peace I give you. Give you my peace, that when trouble comes, know that I'm with you in it. Amen. The rocky ground, quote from a scholar, the rocky ground serves as a warning that one's faith must run deep in one's hope to endure the coming trials and tribulations of life. Third, we have the thorns. The seed is sown and grew up, but the thorns, listen to the imagery, the thorns choke out its life. It's violent, choking out. There's no breath. It's squeezing the life out of it. Think of this picture, the word gets choked, the word gets choked out. The carrots of this world smothers the word and it dies. What an example and a picture that God puts forth for us to see. And finally, as we've seen all three of these, they're all negative, aren't they? They're all negative. They all wind up not bearing fruit and you're like, what's the point But God says, just wait. I love when God butts in, but there's good soil. This ground is good for growth. It's a heart that is open to receive the word and then grows and produces fruit, not only fruit, but exponential growth, 30, 60, 100 fold. It's going to grow and it's going to grow like crazy. One thing we can learn about evangelism is that in each case, the person receiving the seed or the word, the text as I mentioned before, they hear the word. In each one of these examples, the person has heard the word of God, what they do with it is then up to them and between them and God but they hear the word so even when you don't think nothing's something's not going on it says that each of them heard God's word when you share the gospel it's being heard right it's being put out there to be received somehow so when you share your faith or you teach a Bible study or you share with your neighbor god's love it does not go unnoticed god's word will be heard even the hardest heart will hear god's word god in his grace and mercy has shown his, sown his word into every heart there will be no excuse this is what i take from this text it says every person heard the word of god There'll be no excuse on the day of judgment when we face God. What did you do with my word? What did you do with the message of Jesus? Have you received him as your redemption, as your life raft, as your life preserver from the penalty of sin, which is death? So at first look, we very well can get discouraged, right? Do the math. One out of four is what? 25%, not very good, right? It's like, wow, God, come on. This is not a very good uh, return on my investment. It doesn't look good from a human perspective, does it? But we don't live by a human perspective, do we? We don't. We live, I'm here to tell you, we live by a kingdom perspective. And God turns everything on its head And listen, there have been times where I've wanted to quit the ministry. Just a few weeks ago, I'm like, Corey, I'm throwing in the towel. We're on the phone with with life leadership. We're like, this is not going well. This is so hard. I'm not seeing any fruit. They're like, you need to go away and get perspective. We went to Lancaster and was quiet on a lavender farm. We spent from 7 a.m. to 12 at lunch every day reading the word of God and praying lord what is it you want from us we want you to keep sowing seed we want you to keep and what a great encouragement for those that are in the work of the ministry Sow liberally and it's going to satan's going to take it sow it it's going to be on the rocks right and people are going to persecution is going to come people are going to fall away it's going to be choked but sow it anyway because when you sow i'm here to tell you it's going to produce fruit somewhere. It's going to land, Amen. and God needs us to partner with Him. Amen? Amen. To share the gospel, keep going. Keep going. What should our response be to the realities of this parable? How should we respond to the instructions of this parable? We should be encouraged to believe God and never give up. One, it takes faith. Take your notes. It takes faith we should have faith and i mentioned there has been multiple times where i've wanted to give up last winter who remembers the snowfall we had so one year this year we got like zero measurable right your hand if you remember we got 18 inches of snow in february do you remember that storm 2022 and we live on a corner so we got two sidewalks to shovel and i'm like thank god it was light Fluffy, s- fluffy snow wasn't wet. And I'm like, oy vey, I'm, at, actually, like, I'm like, why don't we have a snowblower? Because you didn't save up enough money to buy one. That's why, Scott. You didn't prepare to take your shovel. And I'm like, shoveling now, 18 inches of snow is a lot, right? Even if it's fluffy, it's heavy. So I would try, oh, oy vey. And it took me three shovelfuls to get one square and it was like a game and i'm like okay i got one done how many 50 more okay and i'm right and i'm just and it was light so hit three and i moved and i'm like i'm making progress and it was a game for me i said to myself do not quit and i was like this is ministry one back guess what did we get it done we got it done it might have taken half a day but we got it done Don't quit. Secondly, we should be faithful. First, we need to have faith. As your faith encourages you, continue to be faithful. We should keep sharing God's word. When we share God's word, when we sow into people's hearts, we are not called to be successful, but faithful, right? Because it's not us that's bringing forth the fruit. It's God working in partnership with us. He gives us the word. We share it. We plant it. And then it's hands off, right? Think how silly it would be if I planted some seed. A month goes by and I don't see anything. And I'm like, "Oh, it's growing a little bit. You don't do that, do you? You let it go. You leave it. For what? For God to do the work. What is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to have faith when we sow, to be faithful to sow, and to entrust the work to the Lord. Amen? Now, in times of trouble... And I've, when I want to throw in the towel, I wish that this scripture would come to me right away and I'd be encouraged and I wouldn't be like in this depression, right? There's a book, it's called Christians Get Depressed Too, right? I struggle with depression, I struggle with anxiety, but God's word is like a bomb, right? It's like essential oils, right? I got some, too much information. It's like essential oil. Is my name Scott or Sarah? so we are to have faith we are to be faithful and we are to entrust the work of the lord amen when planting seed there is a strong element of faith as i said there's a real unknown of what will become of the planted seed here's the questions that go through your mind as you're sharing the gospel will it grow will it get enough sunlight will it get enough water Right, one person sows, another person waters. You sow, Lord. Is some? Are you going to send someone after me? Because I've just moved. God is faithful to send the water at the time of sowing. These questions go unanswered, as I mentioned, because we don't see anything happen immediately. But the sower still moves forward and sows the seed. Amen. Love this quote from one commentary. To plant anything is an act of faith. The end cannot be known, only trusted. Amen. To plant anything is an act of faith. The end cannot be known, only trusted. The failure is not the fault of the sower, but the condition of the soil or the individual's heart. You've sown the word. Hopefully you've sown it in in love. You don't trust in Jesus, you're going to hell. (laughs) I don't want your Jesus, you know? I mean, there's the truth of that fact, but share the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love, right? It's all about how we share our faith, right? I've learned that with my kids. If I'm in a bad mood or I'm tired or I'm hangry and I haven't eaten, I will say something. and I remember my 16-year-old's old enough where she'll talk back. she's like why are you so mad why are you you're like condemning me i'm like i guess i am yep so now i've learned there was a time of just forgetting exactly she didn't oh she washed the pan and she was her boyfriend was over so she wanted to get going to jenkinson's and i picked up the pan i'm like oh it's still dirty and i was so angry and i wiped it and all this schmutz egg came on the napkin and i left it aside and the posture i was like it took everything in me just tell her i said "Ari, my sweet airy yes honey yes daddy can you come here sure i said hey do you see this she said yeah i said you, you clean the pan and you put it in the dish rack." She, yes i said but i wiped this with the and this came off and she's like oh it wasn't clean all the way i said it wasn't next time make sure and she received that Because it was a posture of gentleness. I still instructed her, I still corrected her, but she received it because of my tone. Amen? Our tone is very important as we share the Gospels. So, here's another reality, right? Defining reality. Jesus tells us ahead of time that when his word is sown, it will come up against resistance, Because of the condition of the hearer's heart. Not all hearts are hard. Jesus promises us that the last soil is good soil and will produce fruit in abundance. How shall we sow the seed of God's word? We shall sow it liberally, right? You look at a downtrodden neighborhood and you think there's no hope for here. There's shootings. It's overrun with drugs. That area needs the gospel, doesn't it? You think it's bleak. There's not going to be any fruit. God says, "Go sow." All the more, go sow. It's a hard-in-place. It's hard. There's no water. That they need seed and trust God for the water to come afterwards. So this parable affirms that despite the reversals caused by the birds, the scorching heat of the sun on skimpy soil, and the thorns, the farmer will have a harvest of good soil. The farmer does not go out to waste seed, but to gain a harvest, doesn't he? The word of God will not fail. Therefore, we should not despair over the apparent failures, the blindness of unfaith, the defections or opposition. One can be assured that the harvest will come from the response of the good soil. Isaiah 55 says this concerning his word, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, do not return there, but water the earth and bring forth bud. It shall give seed to the sower and bread for the eater. So shall my word go forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it we have the word we have the seed we sow it and God does the rest sometimes the rejection of God's word by our family for those that we work with from our neighbors who we care about and we've gotten to know it brings great sadness that rejection might even bring tears. Psalm 126 says, But those that sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. It's a long-awaited harvest that will bring shouts of joy, but the harvest will come, the harvest will come only finally interact intersect with our lives. God has given us the privilege of taking his word and sowing it into people's lives. We all have fields, Right there are four fields represented in this passage. We have all have fields that we are working in. Your job, your family, your friends, your neighbors, even people here at church. There's Bible studies throughout the week. You believe it or not, it's not just evangelism, it's sowing God's word, even teaching other believers that they would bear more fruit in their lives love this the sower in this parable does not prejudge the soil he doesn't walk it doesn't look so good he just throws the seed right listen to this he does not prejudge the soil he casts the seed with abandon and does not decide in advance whether the soil has potential or not whether it's a waste of time or not he sows any farmer knows that sowing is risky business but that does not keep the farmer from risking his seed remember it takes faith to share god's word this is like captain obvious but listen to this because you don't think of these just things that are so simple and real think of this you will never know how someone will respond to god's word until you share it with them you get up to someone you're like oh they're they ain't gonna they believe in evolution they're whoa like super they're not gonna uh but you share you never know what god's doing on the inside then you share and wow you're open you've been thinking about spiritual things i have i wasn't last week but something's going on you never know until you have that opportunity to share the parable encourages us to sow the seed everywhere regardless of the soil there's a remember i remember a time and as i end here that i was getting a ride home i didn't have a car a license was suspended and this guy would give me a ride home so I didn't have to take the bus, but he's giving me a ride home so he could share God's word with me. And I, he was reading from the Psalms of the little green parable books, you know, Gideon. I just remember, when are you gonna shut up, dude? I just wanna go take a nap. But the word was sh- shared and it laid in my heart dormant. And then years later, the next, the next year, God spoke and gave me that seed that was laying dormant. The water was sent and it started to bear fruit. God's kingdom is being built as we speak. God's word is being shared and planted all over the world. After the seed is planted, we cannot see growth under the ground until it is sprouted. It's hidden from our eyes. The kingdom of God, it says in this passage, in 26, it says, is, a, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain it, is ripe, at once he puts the sickle in because the harvest has come. We have sowing, growing, and harvesting. The sower here in this last passage is not active. After planting the seed, he goes about his business, entrusting the finished product to the Lord. It says he does not know how the seed grows and sprouts, but he entrusts his work to God. Amen. Amen. Back to our story of the date palm. Wouldn't you love how it finishes? Back to the story of the date palm. The arid desert environment. Very well, The seed was dead with no ability for it to mix with water. The DNA code could not be unlocked to germinate. It remained in this dry state for generations until it was hit with the hands of Sarah Salon, a doctor in pursuit of ancient medicinal breakthroughs. Her tenacity was aided by Elaine Slowery, a researcher at the Arava Institute of Environmental Studies, who poured the first drops of water on this ancient treasure. Their hard work and care for the last 10 years has paid off. Now the first dates are being harvested from a date palm ironically named Hannah after the hannah of scripture who was barren until the lord gave her samuel the ancient fruit from a 2000 year old seed is back in the hands of israeli farmers all it took was a drop of water and life came there's another seed that's a thousand years old it's god's word amen and it's been around since the beginning of time. Sometime it has, sometimes it lays barren for, year, for years, but when God's spirit moves and he waters that seed, boom, there's the miracle of life there's also another seemingly barren land it might be a family member who you have shared the gospel with i've been saved for over 25 years my parents do not know the lord my sister does not know the lord all of my family does not know the lord there seems to be barrenness my grandfather had the privilege of sharing the gospel with my grandfather who didn't want to hear anything a tear rolled down his eye 75 years of barrenness before he went to heaven later that day because he had got pulled off of life support he was in the presence of the messiah of israel it might be a coworker, it might be a neighbor or it might be an unreached people group like the jewish people that live around us it might seem barren sow the seed amen amen we must have faith we must be faithful and finally we must entrust our work to the good lord amen amen let's pray father thank you for this inspiring story this story of hope this story of of encouragement the backdrop of negative results but you never leave us empty-handed there is always a silver lining at the end of the story with the good soil may you give us the strength the grace the courage, and the power to sow your seed, trusting and having faith in you to bring forth your good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And finally, real quick, before I end, I have some seeds for you. These are Uh, the gospel according to the Tanakh it's all the passages in the Torah that talk about the coming Messiah his redemption and future plan for salvation and also Isaiah 53 the most clear prophetic prophecy in the Bible which speaks of Jesus these seeds are for your taking to put in your satchel on the info table out front so please take one and go sow. amen amen thank you
2: appreciate your, your sharing of your testimony and your faith, a great story that you just ended with, with your grandfather. Um, I know for myself, evangelism is not an easy thing to do. Um, many people are gifted with that. God bless them. But uh, it's not up to us to decide who is the one that should receive the word. Um, God opens those doors all the time. He always There's God sightings all around us all the time. God just wants us to be obedient. He wants to sh- us to share the gospel message. Let him do the work. So whether or not you get to reap, you at least get to sow, many times you'll get to reap. And uh, so just have faith and trust in that. Thank you again, Scott. Appreciate that. Okay, let's, uh, let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. And then don't forget, we do have our uh, Time of Barbecue uh, Fellowship. So if you can stick around, please enjoy. We would appreciate it, okay? Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Many blessings you shower upon us. Thank you for a beautiful day you've given to us today. Thank you for being able to get out and enjoy it. Thank you for just being able to hear the, the birds, Lord, and enjoy um, the amazingness of your creation. Uh, Father, I pray that you would bless our time now. Lord, I challenge each one here to be a blessing to someone today at the table as they sit down and break bread together. Lord, just lift each other up in encouragement, and uh, may uh, each one uh, just have a great time as we share in the, as the body of Christ. I pray now in Jesus' name. Amen.